The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Our house is on fire. I am here to say our house is on fire. The Swedish school strike activist Greta Thunberg spoke at the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland earlier this year. Solving the climate crisis is the greatest and most complex challenge that Homo sapiens have ever faced. The main solution, however, is so simple that even a small child can understand it. We have to stop the emissions of greenhouse gases. And either we do that or we don't. You say nothing in life is black or white, but that is a lie, a very dangerous lie. Either we prevent a 1.5 degree of warming or we don't. Either we avoid setting off that irreversible chain reaction beyond human control or we don't. Either we choose to go on as a civilization or we don't. That is as black or white as it gets. There are no grey areas when it comes to survival. Here in New Zealand, Victoria University student Raven Mader was one of the organisers of the school strikes for climate change. I was very reluctant for a long time to say that anger was something I felt because I really had the sense that I needed to be very positive in order to be listened to because everyone wants to listen to a positive, youthful energy. Um, But this year especially, I've really started realising the power of anger when it's channeled for change and I think anger is something that definitely resonates across um, the world in terms of how young people feel about this issue. Just the fact that we've known for climate change for over 30 years and so little has been done. In fact, action has been stalled by companies that continue to profit off the destruction of our future. That makes me very angry. Young people are ready. They're ready to confront the reality of a future with climate change. But they're increasingly frustrated by institutions that appear unable or unwilling to make the necessary changes. Now we all have a choice. We can create a transformational action that will safeguard the future living conditions for humankind. We can continue with our business as usual and fail. That is up to you and me. Some say that we should not engage in activism. Instead, we should leave everything to our politicians and just vote for change instead. But what do we do when there is no political will? What do we do when the politics needed are nowhere in sight? Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern believes politics does offer the solution. 
She says there's a dynamic between the school strikes and the underpinning obligations that any democracy has to its citizens. When you campaigned, you said you wanted climate change to be this generation's nuclear-free moment. Fast forward nearly two years and young people are marching in the streets asking why isn't more being done? What's your answer to that, to them? My response to them was, when I saw them in Taranaki, was keep marching. I still stand by that statement. This is uh, the next generation's nuclear-free moment, but there are some distinct differences. There was a real sense of consensus, certainly within New Zealand, around nuclear-free, whereas climate change, you know, we, we still have to make sure that we are bringing people with us, that there is that sense of urgency. And yes, it's incumbent on us as a government to act. Uh, we have the information, we have the evidence we have, I think, the global sense of urgency, not by everyone, but by sufficient actors. But we also need to bring New Zealand with us. And those young people sharing their voices, marching in the streets, joining that global movement of young people is an incredibly important part of making sure that that momentum continues. Raven says she was overwhelmed by the numbers of young people who took part in the school strike on March 15th and the energy they brought with them. But while that gives her hope, there are still reasons to be afraid. I've always been very optimistic about what we can do and it's only really this year where climate change has hit a more personal chord, seeing like, you know, the Nelson region being affected by wildfires. That's not something I've seen to that extent ever in my lifetime. And for me, that was the first time that I really felt a deep sense of urgency and personal threat. And now everything feels very slow. When I think about the fact that we have probably under 12 years to really tackle this issue, the election cycles of three years and slow moving legislative change, it feels terrifyingly slow. Um, It's kind of like being a part of a slow-moving train wreck. And when you can see that panning out and affecting your future and the future of your children and grandchildren, it's quite terrifying. We're bad as human beings, aren't we, at seeing these long-term consequences. And we're bad at falling in behind things that we don't perceive to be in our best interests. So what do you say to people who are scared? That it's within our control. And I absolutely, you know, I don't think I'd quite appreciated the anxiety, particularly for the next generation. I was talking to a climate activist uh, about the zero carbon bill and the aspiration we continue to have, and we've made good progress for that to be passed by the end of this year. And at the end of the conversation, she bursts into tears and just said to me that her generation feels this huge anxiety and this weight of pressure uh, because they see climate change as likely to have such a direct impact on their daily lives. And they're right. So for those who see the full force of climate change and what it means for the next generation, but at the same time feel like they lack control over it, there, there is control. There are things we can do. There are things individuals can do, but also that government is doing. Um, but I think many don't feel that same level of anxiety. It's something that they're too afraid to think about. It's too confronting. And if they can't fix it themselves, they don't want to think about it. Um, well, we can do both. We as a government can do Albert, and they individually can too. And I hope together we can give people a sense of security that will deal with the anxiety that I think that next generation feels. You talked about urgency. One of the things we've seen recently is that in extraordinary times, mm. 
the government can act, things can yeah. be enacted, things yes. can be done. Is New Zealand ready to put itself on a war footing? Because that's the language that young mm. people are using. I will never condemn young people for trying to push politicians and society because we need that activism. But what I'm also trying to do is channel some of that fear and that anxiety into a conversation about cost, but rather for New Zealand, a conversation about opportunity. There's a sense that if we act on climate change, it's going to hurt us economically. The Prime Minister says that while there's an undeniable moral imperative to taking action, shifting the country's way of doing business will be key. We trade on our brand. We trade on our story. We have conscious consumers who will be looking because that generation who are marching in the streets are also the generation we are selling our goods and products and services to. And they are not alone. They are a global movement. We will need to demonstrate that New Zealand's food production are conscious producers, that they are factoring in climate change and the effects of being global food producers into the way that we farm and produce. So that's where the opportunity comes in. Climate change, and particularly our methane profile, sets us apart from a vast majority of countries. We are different. We invest $20 million a year, and rightly so, in trying to get ahead of the methane question in climate change because that is our challenge as a nation. And if we get in front of that, if we demonstrate how to farm in a sustainable, climate-conscious way, we set ourselves apart. This is an opportunity, not just a cost. For the Prime Minister, the transformation of farming practices is a prime example of how we can marry up economic priorities with environmental consciousness. For them, absolutely, our environmental profile, our credentials as a nation matter to them. And that includes because actually some of these farmers, of course, are second, third generation. They think about the land as their gift in the next generation. They do. Not everyone but actually, by and large, that's the kind of sentiment I hear. And yes, it's a shift, because we're talking about what they've been doing for years now actually having a negative environmental impact. And it is a shift to think about how to do things differently. But I think they're with us. I genuinely do. So is that what you were thinking about, at least in part, when you talked about Kaitiakitanga Davos? Yes, I did. And Kaitiakitanga, for, for me, is actually... Māori have long talked about the guardianship role that we have, but in some forms I also have equally heard that spoken by those who farm our land. I don't think these are concepts that are alien to us. I think that they are intrinsic and long-standing for Māori and certainly in certain ways are for other members of our rural communities too. These shifts in the way we do things, the way we think about the world and our place in it, both as a country and as individuals. These shifts are essential if we're to find a way forward together. But all the same, Raven Mader says that the time for incremental change has passed. Our leaders in New Zealand, but also leaders across the world really, um, waking up that we need a huge, huge collective effort if we're going to have any hope of tackling this issue and leaving a half-decent planet to our kids. And we need, like, 
war scale effort to to make this happen and we know that we're, we're capable of that we've seen countries pull together in the face of a big challenge before and we need that same kind of approach with this issue because actually human lives depend on it and our futures depend on it so yeah we really need to see much bolder action from government we need to see fossil fuels left in the ground we, we know that we already have more in our reserves than we can afford to burn and yet we are still extending permits to drill um, in Aotearoa or to explore for fossil fuels. And um, that's just not in line with taking urgent action on climate change. Do you need to see a tipping point, you, you know, more marching on the streets? Not for me, no, not at all. That just continues to add urgency, but urgency is already there. I don't need convincing. <laughs> but having said that, I never take for granted the need to continue to highlight and reiterate the importance of this issue. And so those movements shouldn't be just for the sake of politicians. It should also help justify the actions that the politicians are taking. And I would rather be in the camp of having those young people's actions justifying what we're doing than being lagging behind and having to feel like they're having to push us just to do something in the first place. So my message to those young people is keep going keep speaking. Do not feel overwhelmed. Uh, we are still within reach of 1.5. We are. And when you look at you know, countries like the United States, take heart that state by state there is still action and activity underway, that individual by individual there is still a consciousness there. And if you have enough individuals, enough states, actually that can even be more powerful than a president. Raven met with the Prime Minister before the climate strikes. She says it was a huge success for the strikers, that the Prime Minister felt the need to see them and to talk through their demands. But what would she say to her now? I guess I'd like to thank her uh, for the leadership she has already shown on this issue and for taking it a lot more seriously than a lot of global leaders. And I do want to recognise that the current government has made some steps towards taking action and They've been politically brave, but we need them to be braver and we need to see much, much stronger action taken. So I, I would like to say thank you, but it's not enough and we need to have your bold leadership on this issue. Greta Thunberg said, I don't want your hope. She said, I want you to panic. Do you feel panic around this? Do you feel an intense sense of the need to act? I actually don't think that that what we need is politicians and leaders who panic because when you panic you don't make clear and conscious and deliberate decisions we need deliberate conscious action and we need it to last not for a flurry not for you know a series of panicked activities we need it to last for decades we need it to stick and we need never to be accused of doing anything that should either be undermined or overturned it needs to be deliberate. And so do I feel the urgency? Absolutely. I see the same images everyone else does. I, I feel that same sense of not wanting to be a politician that when I leave this place and I have Neve as an informed young person learning about the future of the planet to look at me and say, what did you do? Yeah.
Good Ancestors was produced by me, Noel McCarthy, and John Daniel for Bird of Paradise Productions, in association with Auckland Zoo, engineered by Andre Upston, and hosted on the spin-off. Kia ora e te iwi, te Aihe Butler here, podcast manager at the spin-off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a spin-off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.